0: You're so kind, Michael. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's, man, it's so great to be here. I'm really excited just to, to dive into the Word with everybody, with my friends uh, this evening. Um, yeah, thanks, Daniel. You're also as kind as Michael. Um, he, he talked a little bit about Thursday Night Bible Study. Guys, welcome. Uh, this summer's going to be a blast. Uh, I'm the first of eight. Uh, eight guys are going to get up here, and we're going to study God's Word, and we're going to dive back into the Gospels a little bit. Take a break from 1 Samuel and from small groups um, and just study different encounters that people have with Jesus while he, he was here on earth. So I'm um, really excited to, to dive back into that with everybody. Uh, before we dive into our text tonight, which tonight we're going to be in chapter 5 of the Gospel of Luke. Um, but before we do that, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, like Daniel said, I'm married to a beautiful lady who's here on the front row uh, named Edie. We've been here for about five years both in Houston and at GBC, have had the opportunity to serve in a number of different ways, mostly on the small group side. Um, And it's just been a joy. Um, It's been a a real joy to serve alongside a lot of you. I'm in sales, so I'm in sales for a heavy lift, heavy haul contractor. Uh, We mostly work for downstream clients in oil and gas. And so, so what does that mean? That means on a weekly basis, I get up and give presentations to a boardroom full of people, right? Very similar to this and so shortly after I was asked to teach um, I started getting pretty nervous about this Uh, Daniel asked me to teach and I was like yeah this is great this is a great opportunity and soon thereafter I started getting pretty nervous and so that was an odd feeling for me Um, and so I would ask you the question why do you think I I got nervous to do the same thing that that I do on a weekly basis Um, and hopefully once we look at the text tonight um, the Lord will reveal that to you, like He, like He did to me. Um, before we dive into that, I just want to pray one more time uh, for our time this evening. Lord, um, I just thank you for tonight. Uh, I thank you for the opportunity to worship and study Your Word uh, without fear of persecution this evening, Lord. Uh, just to be able to dive into Your Word without distractions, I pray that You would remove distractions from our life, um, from from me and and from everybody in the audience, um, from our minds, that that you would allow us just to focus on your word, that you would push me to the side, uh, and that you would uh, speak your word, Lord. Um, We love you, and we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Um, So so let's go ahead and dive into the text. Again, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. We're going to be verses 1 through 11. So I'll read that uh, real quickly for us. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God... And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So when I first looked at this text, I immediately gravitated to verse 8, where Peter says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. I thought this was the important part of the passage, and so... I immediately started looking at it, and my first, my first um, understanding of it was that Peter was just a little ashamed because he didn't immediately lower his nets when Jesus told him to, right? He, he said, we toiled all night and took nothing. After some additional gracious consult um, and some additional research, I'm not sure that that's the full story here. Um, in fact, a, a very similar scenario happens in, in John, uh, I think it's chapter 21, right around verse 9. Uh, Peter's in a boat fishing, and he he doesn't catch any fish. Same same situation here. And a voice from the shore says, drop your nets over the right-hand side of the boat. Well, they do, and they catch 153 fish. Well, in that story, uh, Peter dives out of the boat and swims to Jesus on shore, right? Well, here, they catch enough fish to sink two boats, or to almost sink two boats. And he doesn't really react with joy or much joy at all. Right? So, why do you think he, act, he reacts differently here? Why do you think um, he, he dives out of the boat there, and here he's, he seems a little ashamed? I think to understand that, we need to understand um, how we get to chapter 5, uh, verse 1, and, and what happens before that, right? Um, a little bit of context, because when I first read this, I thought this was the first time Peter and, and Jesus met each other. In fact, it's not. And, and if you can pull up the map, I want to start um, when John the Baptist is baptizing east of the River Jordan. So he's somewhere between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Uh, John the Baptist is baptizing people. And he sees uh, Jesus and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. He's come to baptize in the Holy Spirit, unlike I who only baptize with water, right? Well, this guy named Andrew is there at this time. And, and Andrew, who happens to be Simon Peter's brother, does what any good brother would do, and goes and gets Simon Peter and says, come, I found the Messiah. So he brings Simon Peter to Jesus, and this is where Jesus and Simon Peter actually meet for the first time. This is when Jesus renames Simon as Peter, and I've probably already interchanged this a lot, but um, it's the same guy, it's the same guy that's in Scripture here, um, and you'll see that throughout the Bible, and I'm I'm sure I'll um, unknowingly interchange it a lot tonight. From there, these two guys engage in ministry, and, and travel from there, northwest, through the region of Galilee. From Galilee, they travel on up to Cana, around the Sea of Galilee, um, and, and do ministry there. From Cana, um, they travel down to Capernaum. Um, Capernaum, they continue their travels to Jerusalem. This is where Jesus flips over the money changers' tables in the temple. Uh, this is also where Jesus encounters Nicodemus, right? And if you come back next week, my great friend Brad's going to talk about Nicodemus, and he's going to knock it out of the park. Um, and so from there, they continue their travels through Samaria. And that might be familiar. They, that's where Jesus encounters the woman at the well, right? They they continue traveling from Samaria uh, back to Cana, down to Nazareth, and then back to Capernaum. Uh, in Capernaum, Jesus actually heals Simon Peter's mother here. Um, and from there, Scripture says they they go throughout the towns of Galilee, and then preaching the synagogues of Judea, which is down to the south. So why am I telling you all this? Why did I just go through that long history um, to, to tell you? What, what am I trying to tell you through all that? If you'll click to the next slide, my point is these guys traveled a lot, right? And that's my chicken scratch drawing. and That's my best guesstimate um, at what their travels could have looked like, right? So my point is, is not that I can draw really well, but that these guys have spent a lot of time together, right? Scholars estimate they've spent no less than 12 months together to this point. So in knowing that, that kind of brings us current to chapter 5, um, verse 1, and, and how we get to that point. So let's, let's start rereading this a little bit at a time and understand what, what happens from here. So again, these guys have done 12 months of ministry together, right? So let's start at verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, to hear the word of God. He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, um, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Right, so so what's going on here? What's happened? Jesus has been doing ministry, right? And a thriving ministry at that, right? He arrives with crowds of people pressing in around him. He sees two boats and fishermen who have gone out of the boats, right? It doesn't say Jesus arrived with fishermen, right? It says he sees the the fishermen in the boats over there. So what's that telling us here? I think it's telling us that that those fishermen are not doing ministry with Jesus. So at some point, Peter has left Jesus' ministry and going to pursue fishing, right? Um, so, so let's continue reading on and see how Jesus responds when he encounters Peter, right? When he sees Peter um, beside his boat washing his net. If I can find it. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down your nets, let down the nets. Um, And I I skipped forward just a little bit, but but prior to that, um, Jesus asked Simon to put him out a little from the land, right? What does this mean? I think a little bit more context um, needs to be known for us to understand what Jesus means by putting out a little from the land, right? So who's been out on open water? Right? Like anything but a, anything besides a swimming pool. Raise your hand. Okay? So you've probably noticed that you can have the same conversation at five feet that you can 50 feet. Right? My point is, sound travels much better over water than it does land. So I, this might not be the only reason, but I think at least one of the reasons that Jesus is asking Peter to push him out a little from the land is so that he can more effectively do ministry. Right? He can talk to more people more clearly. So Peter's left Jesus' ministry. And when Jesus sees him, he invites him back into his ministry almost immediately, right? That, that's pretty awesome. Um, let's I, I, I went ahead and, and read ahead to verse through verses four and five. Um, and so what does Jesus do next? Jesus has already invited him into ministry, and then he says, hey, let down your nets for a catch. And then he provides more fish than these guys can handle, right? So not only has Jesus invited him back into ministry and he didn't deserve it, but he's provided fish. And these are fishermen. These are expert fishermen that have been fishing all night. And Jesus has come and, and provided for these guys, right? So uh, let's continue to read on and see how uh, Peter responds. I think I left off at verse 6, so we'll, we'll pick up at verse 7. Uh, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Right, and then Peter Peter says he goes on to say, um, "Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord." So knowing this, knowing that that not only has has Jesus invited Peter back into ministry, but he's also provided all these fish. I can see Peter on his knees just begging the Lord right begging the Lord because I think what Peter's realized here is not only does he not deserve to catch fish but he doesn't deserve to participate in Jesus' ministry and he doesn't even deserve to be in Jesus' presence at this point right so does this answer the question that I asked at the beginning why you? Why do you think I, I was nervous to get up here maybe I, I haven't Explained it really well. Um, I was just like Peter here. Uh, Peter's, Peter's starting to understand that he doesn't deserve to participate in Jesus' ministry. I was hyper aware of my sins. And I knew that I didn't deserve to stand up here and study the word with y'all this evening. I knew that, that I wasn't good enough, right? So I, I, I think that's Satan, right? I think Satan wants us to be hyper aware of our sins. Because if we are, we won't step into ministry, right? He doesn't want us to step into ministry. And any of you who have been called to participate in ministry or been asked to to serve in ministry, whether it's to to go into full-time mission work overseas, whether it's to serve in children's ministry, to lead a small group, have probably experienced some of this. And so I would just encourage you to step into that, right? Step into that role um, to resist what Satan's goal is, right? If, if you're like me, you're probably thinking at this point, well, that seems really hard. How am I able to do that? Well, let's continue reading, and, and I think we'll discover that. So after Peter says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord, uh, we go on to verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon. Do not be afraid. From now on. You will be catching men. What's Jesus telling Peter here? What's Jesus telling us here? He's saying. Don't rely on your own greatness. Don't rely on whether you're worthy. To participate or not. I know you don't deserve this. That's why I'm here. Turn to me. And rely on me. And you're going to be fine, right? Guys, this is this is a picture of the, the gospel, right? This is a picture of the cross. We're called to extend this grace that he's extended to me, to you, to Peter here, to others, right? And, and this grace, I tend to think of this as like one of the six times that I get cut off on I-10 on the way home from work. Not like screaming out my closed window at the guy next to me, right? That's what I think. Of, that's not grace. Like, that's just pitiful. Like, Grace grace is thinking about that person who's hurt you the most in your life, right? The person who's caused you the most heartache. The person who's caused you the most strife. And extending your hand for a handshake and saying, man, I forgive you. Or a loving embrace and saying, I love you. That's, that's grace. That's radical grace as Jesus has extended it to us, right? If you're like me, you don't always feel confident to share the gospel verbally. You don't feel like you can articulate it clearly or um, say it as, as eloquently as the next guy. Um, you don't have to all the time. You can share the gospel through your actions by extending this radical grace to others, right? That's, that's sharing the gospel, is sharing it with others through your actions, right? So um, let's continue reading and, and try to understand what our response to Jesus' grace should look like. Verse 11 uh, goes on and says, And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. When I first looked at this, I said, oh, everything. Man, he can't mean everything, right? That's that's just, that's tough. Um, So I started looking at the Greek, just a little bit, not a scholar at all, probably shouldn't be looking at Greek, but the, uh, this word's translated over a thousand times in scripture to mean one of three things. All, every, or everything. I was like, man, that means everything. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, now, I think it does mean everything here, but I'm not sure it's meaning everything like I originally thought. I don't think it's, it's, it's saying go leave your house and all your possessions behind. Not that that would necessarily be a, a bad or good thing by itself. But I think it's talking about leave all your distractions behind. Leave whatever's distracting you from the Lord behind and follow him, right? For Peter, it was fishing. For Peter, um, he left Jesus' ministry to go fish, right? For me, it's a truck. Okay? Now, I'm not saying trucks are bad by any stretch. I think they're pretty great, actually. Um, so, I grew up in a really small town, right? To, to paint this picture of why a truck is, is my thing, um, I grew up in a town of 800 people, and there may be close to more than that here tonight, right? And that was my entire town, right? We didn't have a street light, we didn't have a blinking light, we didn't have like, lines on the road. Okay, so there was nothing to do, right? So I'm a teenage boy, right? After school, on the weekends, there was nothing to do, but everybody get in their truck and go ride around and find trouble, right? So it it was a lot of fun back then. And so me being nostalgic, I want a truck, right? And, and it was, before I started preparing for this, there was about a two-week period that was pretty sad. I, I spent... I bet I had like 60% usage on my little usage output on my phone on cars.com, right? I can tell you everything more than you ever care to know in your lifetime about an F-150. Anyway, I don't think any of that's important. Um, My point is, a truck's my thing, right? A truck might not be your thing, um, but you've got something. It could be your house. It could be your cars. It could be fishing like Peter, it could be kayaking. It could be, who knows, right? It could be, is he even here? I hope he's here. Um, anyway, my point is, guys, <laughs> it, could, it could be anything, right? And, and nothing in and of itself distracts you from the Lord, but it's, where do you spend your free time, right? Where does your mind drift to in your free time? I, I think those are the things that it's talking about here to leave behind and follow him and turn and look to his ministry and rely on the grace that he's given us on the cross, right? This is the same grace that he's given Peter here in scripture and that he's given me to stand up here tonight and, and study the word and, and dive into the word with you. Um, guys, the penalty for our sin is death right so what does what does that mean you hear that that's like you hear it around church all the time there's a payment that needs to be made for our sins the sins that that i was hyper aware of that made me nervous to get up here tonight that payment for my sin and for your sin has already been made in cash on the cross praise the lord that it's not up to us Praise the Lord that we can turn to His grace and not our own. Let me close this in prayer real quickly. Lord, we love you so much. Um, we thank you uh, more than we can ever express for the grace that, that you've provided for us on the cross. And, and you've invited us back into your ministry um, because we don't deserve it. And, and we acknowledge that, Lord. Uh, we acknowledge that that we should turn to you uh, in all things and focus on you and and leave our distractions behind. My prayer uh, is that we would uh, spur on uh, one another towards you in ministry. We love you, and we pray these things in the matchless name of your son, Jesus. Amen.